Greetings, fellow claim and risk professionals. This is the latest episode of the Claims Coach podcast. This episode is sponsored by, surprise, surprise, Quinley Risk Associates. Yes, that's me. I provide claims analysis on files with regard to litigated insurance disputes around the country. I'm typically retained as an expert witness, sometimes by plaintiffs, sometimes by defendants in insurance bad faith cases. This week's episode is a little bit of a rant because I'm going to talk about 10 habits that drive adjusters. I want to use that term in a generic sense, regardless, even if your job title does not include the word adjuster, if it does, or if it's claim supervisor, examiner, VP of claims, whatever, that drive us crazy. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens were some of Julie Andrews' favorite things in The Sound of Music. Adjusters have their own favorite things, but that's not usually what the claim professionals grouse about to each other when they congregate. Uh, This not only has a cathartic effect, but knowing adjuster pet peeves and what drives them crazy can help those people who work with adjusters. That includes the whole range of vendors and business partners like defense lawyers, rehab specialists, surveillance firms, and even expert witnesses. And bosses, such as claim managers and supervisors, who are attuned to what sets adjusters off, can also avoid those things, thereby boosting morale and employee retention. So what sets adjusters' teeth on edge? What drives us crazy? Here's an informal and highly subjective list in no particular order. Number one, cheapskate insurance buyers. You know, some policyholders make insurance buying decisions based on the cheapest quote. And then they feign surprise when they don't get platinum Mercedes-Benz claim service. Duh. Usually things are cheaper for a reason. If you check into a Motel 6 and pay a bargain basement price, don't whine because the hotel lacks concierge service and doesn't leave a mint on the pillow. When shopping for insurance, many accounts are all about price. And unfortunately, a lot of TV ads hammer that home. When they have a claim, it's all about service. Sorry, but those two usually go hand in hand. In claims adjusting and in other realms, you find out oftentimes things are cheaper for a reason. Number two, instant experts on claims. Culprits here, sometimes. Brokers on commercial accounts who become experts on reserves 30 days before an account's renewal. Here's the scenario. Broker Dopey pays no attention to an account's loss run until the expiration date of the policy looms. The underwriter quotes renewal terms, but at a 40% increase over the expiring policy. Startled and alarmed, the broker demands to know the reason. The underwriter points to a deteriorating trend of claim reserves. It dawns on brokers that incurred loss ratio actually impacts renewal terms And then they announce that the claim is over-reserved. Suddenly galvanized, the broker becomes an expert on claims and reserve setting, 
telling the adjuster that the number is too high. Meanwhile, the actuaries have come in, looked at the same file, and tell you and tells management it's under-reserved. Go figure. That's peeve number two. Number three, having to cover the actuary's ass. That's right, I said it. The problem here is that claims management gets called on the carpet by the corporate gods to explain why actual loss trends did not jive with the actuary's projections. Let me repeat that. The claims manager has to explain why reality did not unfold the way the actuaries predicted. Huh? What's wrong with this picture? I guess that's easier than challenging this $600 an hour actuary who has never touched a real-life claim file. Plaintiffs and their lawyers have the annoying habit of not checking with corporate actuaries before filing their lawsuits or trying cases. Here's a radical notion. Go back to the actuaries and ask them to explain their reasons why their projections deviated from actual loss patterns, rather than calling the claims people on the carpet to explain why reality did not map up with what the ivory tower, pie-in-the-sky actuaries predicted. That's number three. Number four, gas bag defense attorneys. You know, the ones who phone and for 45 minutes on routine items go on and on, and then they close by saying, but I'm going to put this in a letter to you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. You've just wasted my time twofold. The fix for defense attorneys, the takeaway in the action item is be sparing in initiating phone calls to claims people. When you're on the phone, be brief. Or email a request for a block of phone time to let the adjuster schedule you in his or her calendar. Number five, attorney evasiveness in evaluating claims. Here I'm talking about defense counsel who can't or won't give you a straight answer to the question, the following question, which is the key question on so many cases, and that is, based on all you know so far, what is a fair compromise settlement value as to my policyholder? Instead, you get hemming and hawing. On the one hand, it could be, but on the other hand, it could be, Please, find me a one-handed defense attorney, stat. I know it's a tough call to make, but that's why I am paying you $300, $400 an hour. Related to this annoyance is defense counsel, who cannot give a straight answer to the question, what will the case cost to defend? More hemming and hawing. I know the answer often is, it depends. I also recognize that sometimes these costs can spiral due to factors beyond the defense attorney's control. They can also plummet sometimes for no reason uh, related to the defense attorney's efficiency. Now, if there are different unfolding scenarios that will produce varying cost of defense numbers, then give a budget for each scenario, and, and I can take it from there. For example, an attorney says, budget A reflects the cost if we win our motion for summary judgment. Budget B reflects how things will unfold if we lose it. Budget C envisions taking the case to trial, etc., etc. I can work with that. I can live with that. That's number five. Number six, lame promotional pitches from vendors, especially attorneys. Here we have defense attorneys with tepid marketing pitches 
who really can't succinctly state what their value proposition is, what competitive advantage they have over the hundreds of other attorneys and law firms in the same space looking to earn your business. Or lawyers or firms that offer bromides like we work hard or we're cost effective. Please be more creative than that. If this question catches you off guard or only evokes platitudes, it tells me you haven't done your homework. The solution is perfect your elevator pitch on why your firm is really different. Be able to prepare two or three bullet points addressing that. Number seven, gas bag written reports from defense counsel that bury the important information on page eight, paragraph three. You know, claims people are super busy. They don't have time to search for the needle in a verbal haystack, that golden nugget tucked away. Make your written product user-friendly. Give an upfront one-page executive summary highlighting your findings and your recommendations. If I want to probe amongst the weeds, I can delve into your more detailed memo behind an executive summary. But if you do that, you have differentiated your work product in a positive way. Number eight, again, with regard to defense counsel, not reading or heeding written counsel guidelines. More and more insurance companies and claim departments have written litigation and claim handling guidelines for outside counsel. That's great. So it drives adjusters crazy when defense firms that assure you our written guidelines are no problem because we do this already, but they betray that lip service by their initial billing or reporting or handling showing that they don't have the foggiest. Like bobblehead dolls, they nod as you explain your guidelines. The remedy is lawyers who read and heed client guidelines. Do periodic in-house training refreshers on specific client guidelines. If there's anything ambiguous or unclear, ask the client or ask the insurance carrier, ask the adjuster. Number nine, bait and switch. Some defense law firms court you with a rainmaker or a senior partner when you're a prospect, but they staff your case with a newbie once you become a client. Here's a caveat. If the firm asks to staff the case with a newbie, or makes a good case as to why it makes economic sense, be open-minded. There are times when that could be a great bargain and make sense. It might make sense given the exposure and complexity of the case. Do not assume that just because they're newbies that they are incompetent. But beware if you're a vendor or a law firm of what could be perceived as a bait-and-switch tactic. Number 10, gripe useless law firm newsletters. A lot of defense firms must think and must think that adjusters have an innate fascination with how the Eighth Circuit held on such and such a case instead of offering practice tips that the adjuster can use and consider based on that ruling. Remedy, urge law firms that you're working with to report on developments and go the extra mile in explaining practical takeaways for claims people. What should claims people do as a result of this decision? What are the implications day to day? Look, David Letterman had his top 10 lists 
Uh, these are mine. Now, likely you can craft your own, but before getting too smug, rest assured that attorneys and bosses will be compiling their own list of things that adjusters do to drive them crazy. Grist for another podcast. Hey, if you liked what you heard here, then please subscribe to the Claims Coach Podcast. You can now subscribe on Apple iTunes. You can subscribe on Spotify and I think even on Stitcher as well. Feel free to reach out to me and follow me on Twitter. I'm at Claims Coach. That's one word, Claims Coach. Or reach out to me through uh, LinkedIn. Uh, And also Quinley Risk Associates is on Facebook. Have a great week, and may you sidestep all of these pet peeves in your dealings with outside firms and with outside vendors.